There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Down the block, Andrew Johnson. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Lucky enough to be joined once again today by Jackson Hastings. He's returning to the NRL uh, over the next few weeks, potentially even the next few days once you're out of uh, quarantine there, mate. How are we travelling? Thanks for having me. It feels like um, yesterday since we've done this. It was around this time last year that we'd we'd done our first one and, and we're back, so can't wait to talk to you again. But yeah, I'm travelling all right. I've sort of just got used to being stuck in a room it is what it is I've just watched that much sport it's ridiculous so I'm keen to actually put the boots back on and get out there and run around to be honest I've got a sore backside from sitting on this watt bike that the Tigers have sent me so I mean I'd rather be uh, running on the grass than sitting on that anytime soon Mate it's been one hell of a year just quietly Uh, a lot has changed Mate so much has changed like even just coming back even when I landed in the airport just it was like ghost town Um, obviously I'd come from sort of the peak of it and England went back to normal and then I've come back to Oz and it's slowly getting back to normal, but um, people are still a bit, uh, you know, nervous about the the COVID situation too. So it's just sort of readjusting to what I've been used to over the last 18 months. But yeah, I'm really glad to be home. Obviously, um, still got a few days left in isolation. I'm looking out my window now and the sun's shining too. So uh, the tan's not going too well, but yeah, just looking forward to sort of getting back into the swing of things and um, yeah, linking up with the boys in a couple of weeks and starting preseason. Mate, I, I got to tell you, when we spoke a year ago, I before we spoke, I thought this bloke will be back within a year. And when I spoke to you, you sort of gave me the impression that you might be a little bit further away. And then it seemed that the dominoes fell very quickly. Uh, ended up at the Tigers. Uh, I mean, how did it all come about for you on your end? Yeah, so I could have come back um, the year before I spoke to you. Actually, I had a few offers there, and I just didn't know if I was ready to, to face it mentally, obviously um, been through a fair bit. It was pretty traumatic, a lot of the stuff I'd been through. So I just wanted to make sure that mentally um, I was I was sweet in my own head to come back and be able to handle what was going to be thrown at me because I know a lot's going to come. Obviously, when I play certain teams and um, playing for a club that's been well-documented in, in the news over the last couple of months and things like that. So I just wanted to be well-equipped mentally to be able to come back and, I feel like I am. I'm, I'm pretty thick-skinned naturally, but 
I've just worked up myself away from rugby league. It's given me the best chance to hopefully be successful on the field. And uh, yeah, it all come about pretty quick, mate. Um, Madge a few times. I'd spoken to him over the phone and he just gave me this great sense of um, passion and pride in, in what he was doing. And um, we touched on it before we started the show, watched him on Tiger Town and, and the detail and lengths he goes into to trying to make that club what it deserves to be. And that's successful. Obviously had a rough trot the last decade or so, but um, they hadn't really signed anyone. And um, he come and approached me and we sat down and we had a discussion and he asked me um, if I could handle living back in Sydney and, and all the rest. And we had a pretty deep conversation and I got a lot out of speaking to him. I've got a, I've got a, uh, a lot of respect for Madge and hold him in a very high regard, obviously playing against teams he's coached in the past and how they've played and obviously coming from a system in Wigan that he developed pretty much on his own and they've brought forward the last sort of 15 years too so I'm excited to work with him um, he's a pretty inspirational character and and I know that I'll play well for him and, and do the best I can for the club but yeah just really looking forward to the opportunity as I just touched on the clubs um, not achieved anywhere near where it wants to be or or anything like that in the last decade but hopefully we can turn the tide and, and take steps in the right direction moving forward Mate, you mentioned obviously the club hasn't achieved uh, what they probably should have recently. Uh, I mean, you've wor- you've walked into much much worse situations though. Let's be honest here. That's what I mean. That's what I, when I talk about being uh, well equipped, it's not the the football side of things. Like I think everyone with my story gets a bit missed, sort of led with the with the whole thing. It's it's all footy related. A lot of my stuff was away from footy that that let me down. Obviously. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I absolutely brained it or anything like that because I didn't. And if I did, I'd probably still be in the NRL the last three years. But I played a lot more good games than I did bad games, in my own opinion. But that that doesn't mean you're an NRL player. You've got to be consistent every week. But what I had to work on was being able to handle these situations and, and sort of the firefights and all these sort of things. But, you know, as I said, I walked into a club uh, called Salford. For anyone that doesn't know, it's a little town in, in England or city in England in... Um, yeah, I was in a worse situation there. So, I mean, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be back no matter what, what situation I'm in and, and hopefully I can be a small part in helping turn those fortunes around. Mate, I guess when we spoke a year or so ago, uh, we spoke about, you know, how you change as a person, player, all those things. Uh, you know, over the last year, what's changed once again? It's one of the main questions I got from my followers, you know, obviously as a player, as a person, we'll start as a person first though. What, what has changed in Jackson Hastings? Because there's... There's obviously going to be, and I can already tell, or I'm sure you're aware, but I can pre-warn you, there's going to be a lot of people that are still very negative, uh, very um, arrogant, thug, all this sort of bullshit. You know, people that obviously haven't followed your story in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I'm not reinventing the wheel for you, but what are you sort of, what are you changed down to as a person over the last few years? Yeah, I spoke about it with um, Danny Wilder the other day on, on Nine, and I got pretty deep with, with Danny. It was kind of uh, the conversation just kind of flew, flew into to went, but it's just letting people in. Like I, I've faced a lot of uh, battles mentally um, and not, not in terms of depression or anything like this. And, and it's not a sympathy chat, this at all, but I just struggled, grew up without my dad. And then obviously the pressures of playing for a club where he was a legend and, and just little things like that, that I didn't speak to anyone about. I just sort of kept it deep inside and it made me angry, um, tough to be around um, that's where I get this bad attitude sort of tag from and just waking up every day and it was a bit of a struggle to, to overcome little mental battles like that. But the big thing that I've done is just let people in and let people see Jackson be vulnerable and not me try and be tough and cool and 
and think like just walk around my chest out so people don't think I'm upset like if I'm genuinely upset I just let people in and and let them know what's wrong with me and a lot of people in England sort of just took the time to put their arm around me and and at the point where I was at in my career that's all I needed I've sort of just been pushed to the side a lot of my career and, and sort of told it's too hard and you know it's too hard to work with but I went to Salford, they put their arm around me. I went to Wigan, they put their arm around me. And then I just opened up and let people in. And it's just changed my whole perspective on life and, and rugby league as a whole. So just really grateful for that journey and um, all the people that have helped me and, and taken me under their wing and, and just taken me for me and, and helped me become a way better person than what I was three years ago. Mate, let's dive into you as a player. Uh, I said to you a year ago when you left, you're a good footballer. I didn't think you were a great halfback. Uh, I watch you play over there now and you look, to me to be a great seven now how would you describe how you've developed as a footballer I just think I've got back to what made me successful as a kid and what got me to the RL as a teenager um, I suppose there's not too many 18 year old kids that debut anymore and I was fortunate enough to be one of them and what got me there was just my instinctive footy my eyes up um, playing short sides running the football and, and my first sort of I think 15 to 20 games, as we spoke about last time I was on the podcast, is probably some of the best footy I've ever played. And that was in the NRL as a teenager. And, and that's what I was doing. I wouldn't take care free, but I wasn't I wasn't worried about making an error or I wasn't worried about not setting up a try. Things just come natural to me. And then in that season where we struggled, I come a bit stagnant, um, felt a bit of pressure. And, and all I did was catch and pass a bit like a robot and, and sort of just stayed on that one side of the field and, and let all the superstars that we had in the team try and win the game where I could have played a much bigger part and probably helped the result a lot more. So, I mean, just watching people like like Nath play, Nathan Cleary, um, DCE, these boys that play both sides of the field, Mitchell Pierce, um, take the line on, mix their game up well, and and they're not scared to own the result, whether that means winning the game or losing the game. And I've got a lot of respect for people to do that too. So I've tried to watch them and, and how they play and, and implement that in sort of my game as well. I think when I look at the way the modern game's played, how the rules go, especially the way that the dominant halves play, that they've all got a strong running game, uh, dare I say rugby league is more suited to Jackson Hastings now than it probably ever has been? Yeah, I dare say so. I think, as, as we just touched on then, like, my biggest asset has always been um, that sort of eyes-up football and, and playing what's in front of me and, and not being too bogged down in the structure. Obviously, having the structure there is, like, just a staple. But if you see something, take it. I suppose I got caught up with um, – I was playing for such a big club and I didn't want to make any mistakes. But instead of going after the game, I just sat back and let the game come to me. And as a professional athlete in any sport, you can't let that happen. And, and as I just touched on there, um, I heard you speak about it not long ago of Reese Walsh, that game at Suncourt, where he went after the game. And although he did miss those two goals, he still put his hand up to, to have a crack at that 40-metre 40, 40 field goal to, to win him the game. And you know, I took a lot of I took a lot of um, inspiration out of that as an 18 year old kid to do things like that too. So I mean, to be happy to live and die with the result, good or bad, is is something that I'm comfortable with now. And and yeah, hopefully the game does suit me. It's got a lot quicker, and there's a lot of opportunities to run and exploit space too. So that's what I enjoy doing, and hopefully I can do that for the Tigers if given the opportunity. Now, mate, obviously when you sign with the Tigers, I sort of thought to myself, okay, if Jacko's signed there, I'll probably expect to see Luke Brooks leave over the next few months. And, um, you know, I would have been happy to see that because, you know, I, I, I think Luke Brooks, he, he would be great to go and have an opportunity somewhere else. Uh, not all divorces are bad, and I don't think that one would be a negative one. But Brooks, he won their player of the year the other day. You know, for, yep. From all reports, he's staying at the West Tigers. So I sort of thought, okay, where can Jacko play? Maybe he'll jump into 5'8". Uh, Dewey has brained it since moving to six there. He's done incredibly well. 
Uh, then I thought, okay, maybe hooker. Um, they've now got two really good young hookers. Then I thought, oh, fuck, he, he might be making a couple of tackles in 13 here. Then Tyrone Peachy pops up. Um, mate, I mean, depth is never a bad thing, 100%. But, uh, mate, where do you see yourself playing? Because, you know, I said it on my Instagram the other day, I I think it's crazy to sign you and not play you at halfback. And I know you'll tell me you, you'll play wherever the team needs you because you're, that, you're that, that sort of fellow. But, mate, if Madge yeah. said to you, there's 13 jerseys on the table. Pick yours. Where are you playing? <laughs> it's a very good question, that. Um, and I won't sit on the fence. I'll tell you what I think. But firstly, I just want to make it clear that I actually feel really sorry for Brooksy. Um, I've watched him play since we were teenagers. I've played against him at school level. Um, he used to, all the time, him and Mitch Moses were the two that I looked up to and, and always made the teams ahead of me. I, I was a few years younger but that'd always be the Australian halves and obviously the twenties halves. And then they went into play first grade really early. And, you know, I feel, I feel really sorry for Brooksy because it's not a, it's not a one man uh, game, our sport, you know, it takes a squad of 30 to be able to get the job done and take 17 plays every week. And for him to cop the criticism that he has for 10 years and for him to still front up every week and, and try his ass off is a credit to him. So I'm really looking forward to actually meeting him properly and, and shaking his hand and put my arm around him and letting him know that I'm going to try and, help him in any way I can and and I don't mean as a footballer itself I just mean anywhere on the field that I can take a little bit of pressure off Luke and, and help him out I, I'm willing to do that you know what I mean and as you said they've got Adam Dewey probably their best player um, he's an inspirational sort of character Adam for, for a young fellow he's only 22 I think off the top of my head but inspirational character two really good hookers great fullback and obviously they signed Peach so where does that leave me I've got no idea to be honest it's um it's a really good question but I see myself as a halfback, obviously, but halfback. I feel like I can play hooker really well as well. But they've got two really good young hookers, and and that'd probably be stunting their growth. So, yeah, if if I could pick a position, it would be half or five eight. But then again, they've got two blokes that have been there for a long time now, and and I'm just sort of coming in to earn my stripes. And I'm sure I'll find a spot somewhere wherever the club needs me. I'll play. But yeah, my preference would be in the halves if I could pick any position on the field. Mate, you, you mentioned Brooksy there, and I'm a huge fan of him as well. Um, I think he's a great player. I, I'd love to see him. I, I, I don't want to say turn it around because he hasn't been playing bad football. I think he's just been in an unfortunate situation. He's been the scapegoat for a long time. Let me ask you, if yeah. um, if Brooksy would have played 150 games over in England then come back to the NRL, sort of taking the same journey that you've taken, what what like... What sort of positives could a guy like Luke Brooks or, you know, I look at a guy like Kyle Flanagan who his situation at the moment is very similar to what yours was coming through. Obviously, son of a footballer, yep. came through at a red-hot club. Uh, they didn't want him there, went elsewhere, had trouble. Um, I mean, it, it sort of mirrors your situation a lot. What does going to England do? What, what, what did it do for you and, and what could it have done for these other guys? Kind of the thing that... I found is it takes a spotlight of the day-to-day media, uh, the people that hound you and just get into you 24-7 away. They sort of forget about you almost back here. And, and that's what I needed personally. I just needed the monkey off the back and just be able to be free again, just to live my life and, and be happy as a human. And then if you're happy as a human, you go out there and you play happy as a player. And that generally leads to good performances too. But um, I think in, in Brooksy's sense, as I just touched on before, like, I tip my cap to him for just staying so solid and, and playing great footy. I think he won Dallium halfback in 2018, was it? Yeah. And like, if you think backs that run around the competition, Reynolds, DCE, Pierce, like these sort of players, for Brooksy to win it for a club that 
uh, didn't make the finals is, is a huge effort. To get player of the year for the Tigers this year, another massive effort. This is a guy that gets criticised week in, week out. And as I said, full respect to him for turning up every single week and playing his best. But yeah, going to England just takes the pressure away from the media side of things. Like, there's always pressure to perform at a high-level sport, a professional sport. You're always expected to perform. And over in England, they've got some of the most, the best enthusiastic fans you'll ever come across, territorial, and expect their team to win every week. And they ride you hard. They don't worry about that. But when you're winning, they will embrace you like no other. So, I mean, I've reached out to Kyle Flanagan as well, and I've, I've sent him a message, and I just wish him all the best. And if you ever needed any advice or ever thought about going over to England and he wanted to sit down and have a conversation about it, I'd be happy to help him too because – that's where I'm, I'm sort of in a position now where I'd love to give back to people that have find themselves in a similar situation to me and, and let them know my story and understand it. And Going to England for a lot of people seems like a downgrade, right? But it, the football there, and if you look at the quality of players that have gone before me and the players that are going now, some of the best players in the world have gone over there. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, Israel Flau did a year there. James Maloney's played there. Brett Kenny's played there. Peter Sterling's played there. Mal Meninga's played there. And yeah, they might have been at the back end of their career and, and that could have been the old, oh, they're just going to get money to go over there. But they still went over there to play, so it can't be that bad of competition and it's not. I feel like the top six teams of that competition would compete in the NRL. I truly do and they've got some fabulous players. I think that Saints side that's won three in a row um, would be would be a contender for a final spot over here, no doubt too. So I mean, for any young kid that's struggling to find their way or have the issues here, to get away from the media spotlight is the main thing that I got out of going gone over to England for sure. Mate, we, we often talk about halves. Um, they play their best football from about that age, 26, 27, 28, around that mark. You're sort of starting to head into that age bracket. I think you turn 26 next year. Is that right? Yeah, 26 yeah. next year. Do you, Does that old saying, does that start to make more sense to you now as your career does go on? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I look at the game a bit different. It's all sort of slowed down and Obviously, over the years, as you gather all the information that you're trying to process as a young kid, it, it just sort of filters through your brain a bit easier and you can take on a lot more information and you sort of understand what you're trying to achieve. As a kid, you're just trying to go out there and score tries and, and do all the fancy plays. But as you get a bit older and wiser, you sort of see the defence a little bit different. You understand who you're trying to get to and, and what you're trying to do and execute to. So, I mean, I feel like my best years are ahead of me, no doubt. Um, I remember talking... Um, to a few people and they said their best years were at 28 to 32 and I mean 30 is not even an old number anymore in rugby league you're playing you got guys playing good footy to 35 36 these days and, and doing a really good job too so I mean I feel like my best years are ahead of me no doubt and, and hopefully that sort of comes into fruition with just hard work and, and trying to understand myself in the game a lot more as you said mate a lot of guys are playing to their 34 35 I mean you must have to pinch yourself to think you could still have another 10 years when you consider what's behind you, how much you've been through. Crazy to think there could yeah. be another decade to come. It's it's surreal. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, I mean, I, and I, I'm not one of these guys that has a has an end goal in mind in terms of how old I want to be when I finish. I, I'll play till I drop, you know what I mean? Like, once I finish playing, uh, hopefully professional footy, I'll play. I'll still be playing somewhere, whether that's from a local club or whatever it may be. But yeah, there's some, there's some guys that are playing. I think Tommy Littlewire, over in, I know he's in the Super League. He's playing again next year. I think that's 37. Wow. And he's still playing at a high clip, mate, too. Like, I've played with him, obviously, for two years. And um, his defence, like, the way he puts his body on the line for a bloke that age, it's crazy, you know what I mean? And and as I said, like, to look forward and know that I've got plenty of footy touchwood, uh, hopefully ahead of me, is um, something I'm really looking forward to and really happy about. And I just want to make the most of every opportunity I get. 
But you're obviously always a solid defender. Do you feel now that you've played in England, you, you've got more more games under your belt, you are older, do you feel much more confident in defence coming back to the NRL? Because I, th- I think for me, when I, when I look at halves, that is the biggest test and no one talks about it for whatever reason. But uh, is that something that, that you're feeling confident with? It's something that like I got a lot of work put into me as a kid. Um, Trent Robinson, Craig Fitzgibbon, I've got to give a huge you know wrap to them. Uh, when I first went to the Roosters as a 17-year-old, they put me in the wrestle pit with the props. Um, I did everything in the, with the middles defensively, um, and that just hardened me right up straight away. But there's a difference between being tough and, and being a good defender, as you know. And I walk around at about 100 kilos too, so I've got I've literally got no excuse to be a bad defender, if you know what I mean. There's a lot of halves that come in, and they're 80 to 85 kilos, and they're pretty slight, and they've got that, not an out, but... If you got a 115 kilo back row around at an 85 kilo half, like I mean, the odds stack up in favour of back row, don't they? Whereas I don't really have that excuse to not get my body in front or, or to make a solid one-on-one tackle too. So, I mean, for me, there's no hiding. I make no excuses, and I consider myself to be a good defender without being great. Um, and I want to sort of go take that leap forward from being a really good defender to so a great defensive halfback or hooker or lock or wherever I'm going to be playing. And just take that leap forward, yeah, for sure. What's uh, what's international footy done for you, mate? Give me a lot of confidence, um, especially for someone like Wayne Bennett to pick me at halfback, especially with the talent there is sort of going around, especially when you don't actually have to be born and raised in that country of choice. Obviously, my grandmother was English and, and got the heritage from there. And if you think about all the boys running around that would probably have English descent, um, for him to sort of go out of his way to pick me and, and trust me, although we didn't, um, do great. I've actually watched the games back and there's snippets of those in those games where I play some really, really good footy that I'm proud of and there's snippets in the game where I could have done a lot more too. So it gave me a lot of confidence knowing that I could play and compete at the highest level against you know teams like New Zealand and Tonga, although losing. Um, I took a lot of experience and, and sort of just a lot of confidence out of it and, and being able to back myself against some of the best players in the world. So hopefully I can bring that back with me and because I'm going to be doing that every week, aren't I? Not just in a one-off game. So, yeah, looking forward to the challenge. I'm just really excited. I feel like a little kid again that I get to play against some of the people in the competition and play some of the stadiums. And, yeah, I'm just genuinely grateful to be back, mate. I sort of took um, took it all for granted as a kid because it came so easy in terms of like how fast it come. I don't mean it come easy that I didn't work hard. It just all come really quick, and I thought that was a norm. And, and it's not. You have to earn your spot first and foremost, and then you have to – earn to keep the jersey a lot of people talk about it but you you sort of don't own the jersey you rent it every week and and that's the sort of mindset I've got now and in terms of playing the game and it's completely different to what it was I think mate when I look at other guys in this competition you know we talk about the Ash Taylors Mitch Moses these sort of guys yourself I remember watching all you guys when you were in you know when you were 17 18 and you know uh, without without you know sounding arrogant or whatever but junior footy wasn't an overly big challenge for you guys from what I saw. Um, you were just so far so far ahead of the rest of the talent and so much more mature. I mean, it must be tough going from the best guy in your age group, the best guy in your competition, to then coming into NRL playing guys that have been doing this for eight, nine years. They've made all the mistakes in the world. They've learnt from them. Uh, I'm, I, yeah. I can only imagine the transition must be bloody difficult. Yeah, it is, mate. Obviously, you have a lot go your way. Um I wouldn't say it was easy, but I mean, you had a lot of time, space, and a lot of what you did revolved around sort of you, especially as the halfback being the main focal point of everything. And a lot was designed for you to look good in a, in a certain way. And it still is 
in a sense. But then when you get to NRL, because obviously under-20s was televised and people hear about you, a lot of older players sort of go after you for that same reason. And and I sort of found that out. And I'm sure Ash found that out. And, and Mitch still probably gets that. And a lot of other halfbacks do as well. But I sort of see, that, I see it from a different side now. Obviously, um, when I was over in England, I, I was coming to 24, 25, getting a bit older. And I saw a lot of young halves come through. And, and not with any malice, but I sort of went out of my way to, to not make it personal at all, but just to sort of show them that it's not as easy as playing in the academy or, or the under-20s. And I sort of understand that now. That's what, I'm, that's what I mean. In, in, a, in a general consensus and, and a whole, I understand the game from that point of view to being a player completely different to what I did as a kid. So, I mean, that's got to hold me in good stead. And, um, yeah, I feel like I'll be able to help out a lot of young kids, especially with the mental part of the game. Because it comes at you fast. You can play five good games, but as soon as you play that one bad game, your world feels like it's coming down. And, and it's really not. you just got to get back on the horse and, and go again next week too. So I'm looking forward to the challenge of being a leader too. I feel like my time's now to sort of step up and, and really be a vocal vocal leader, but not only vocal, lead with my actions. So I'm looking forward to that sort of challenge as well. Now, mate, you've obviously got off the plane. You've gone straight to the hotel room. Uh, there obviously hasn't been the opportunity to sit opposite Madge. I imagine in the next few days when you get out, there'll be a a goal-setting session of what you want to achieve this year, where you want to be at the end of the season. If you had to, I, yeah. I, I'm sure you've been thinking about that in your hotel room, though. What are the sort of goals that are that you'll be setting for this year or for next year? Yeah, well, per, personal goals is just being being consistent and not just being consistent as a player, being consistent with my sort of everything I'm doing away from the field, you know, with my mental health stuff that I'm, that I'm working on, be consistent with that. Um be consistent with my attitude in terms of waking up and just being grateful for the opportunity, being consistent with being a professional and then consistent uh, playing and training-wise because it's easy um, to sort of cruise through the week and then turn up and think it's going to happen, but that doesn't happen in the NRL or any professional sport. So being consistent with my habits and then getting this side back to the finals and there'll be a lot of people that listen to this and have a giggle and, and think I'm an idiot and things like that. And, a lot of people will probably be tipping us for the spoon from from what I've heard and, and sort of seen, which is which is fine. I've been in that position before as well. But I mean, just giving people confidence around me to to know that um, if we're all on the same page and we buy into what the coach is doing, we can make the finals. And then once you get to the finals, anything can happen from there. So it's all about the team and what we can do as a collective. And and hopefully we sort of break the duck and break the drought. But it'll be good to sit down with Madge, the rest of the spine players, and people that play in those key positions and talk about how we want to play and, and how we can get the best out of each other. Like how can Booksy get the best out of Adam? How can I get the best out of Luke? Like all these sort of conversations will take place over the next couple of weeks. And I'm really looking forward to that. It's exciting. It's a challenge. And um, I like being challenged too. And I know a lot of the younger boys in that squad have got another year under their belt. Um, there's a lot of great talent coming through the system there at the Tigers. And hopefully we can help being part of bringing them through and bringing them on a lot earlier than probably what they expected. You did mention there, obviously, you know, one, one of your goals is to play finals footy and people will giggle and laugh at that. And, uh, mate, I, it shits me to tears. It must drive you crazy, the mindset of so many people. I mean, the Titans came out and said the other day, we want to win premierships in the next 10 years, and everyone laughed. And I sat there and thought, if that isn't their mindset, why the fuck are they showing up every day? Like, why? Yeah. Why? I mean, it's, it's amazing the mindset of people that when people want to be successful, they want to bag them because they don't think it's possible. Like, how do you... Uh, oh, it must shit you to tears sometimes. Well, I, I mean, 
I got told I was a reserve grader the other day, which is, which is, you know, I just learned to giggle at it. I suppose about four or five years ago, I would have taken that to heart. But and if you're taking, you're taking all the criticism in and you're taking it to heart, you're never going to move forward. I mean, as you just said, like, good on the Titans for wanting to win two premierships in the next, what was it, 10 years or yep. by 20, whatever it was. It means the club's ambitious and moving forward. I mean, our club, the Tigers, we've, built a, we've got this centre of excellence. Does that mean you're going to play good? No, but uh, they've changed their logo. Uh, they've got the sort of new era um, phrase going. They've got um, exciting people coming into the club, people from the UK coming in. Um, they've backed their coach that's gone through a bit and, you know, I know that all these players want to play finals. There's a lot of people in that in that squad that haven't tasted finals. And trust me, once you get close or to a grand final and close to winning, it, it's an addictive feeling. And then the finals is a completely different ball game. It feels different to a regular season game. Um, I've been lucky enough. I think I've played just under 50 in our all games. I've played. Uh, I've won two minor premierships and played four finals games. And the feeling's addictive. It really is. And and as you said, like there's people that haven't played finals games yet here at the club and to be a part of the group that breaks the drought would be great. And, and not just be happy with making the eight, trying to do something once you get in the eight. And, and that's the sort of mindset I'm going to try and hopefully bring to the club as, along with like Oliver Gildart and Tyron Peachy, blokes that have played in finals and, and things like that too. Hopefully we can sort of add our little bit to what's already there and, and help move the club forward. Mate, you just mentioned uh, Oliver Gildart. Tell me, what sort of a footballer is this guy? If you had to give me a like-for-like like of another NRL player, who, who would we be talking? That's a good question. Um, so, first and foremost, I just think, like, Gilly's, Gilly's had a hard sort of 18 months. He come back from a shoulder rico, and then he, he tore this really small tendon in his groin that he struggled to come, not come back from, but just get right. And, and towards the back end of the year, he was playing good footy again, but he just didn't have the Ks in his legs to be as dominant as what he wanted. But if you look from sort of 2017 to, to 2020, he was the best centre in England, in my opinion. Um, made his test debut for England against New Zealand and scored probably one of the best tries on debut on a test you'll ever see. Have you ever seen it? I have, yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I, I was having a look this morning. I was actually shocked how old he is. I, I thought he was a little bit older than what he is too. He's, he's 25. Like, he's got, got plenty of footy in front of him. Funny man, like he's he's my age. He's played, I think he's played in three grand finals, maybe four off the top of my head. One, two, um, played 150 games, things like that. Like the bloke's done a lot in the game, played for Great Britain as well. And he's just, he's got a great sense of space. Um, he can put his winger, he can put his winger away. He's got great silky hands. Um, he, he told me he wants to put on a bit of size and I think the club want to put a bit, a bit of size on him. But he's courageous, tough, um, smart, reads the game well. But he's just got a really nice um, sense of space, as I just touched on, a really good out ball, tries to take his centre on, got a nice little flick pass too. So, I mean, whatever side of the field he plays, I'm not sure. I know he prefers to be on the left, and I think that's big Kenny Mamalo. So, I mean, if you can get Gillian a bit of space and you get him two-on-one with Ken outside him, it could be a couple of tries down that edge too. So, I mean, just playing with one strengths, but... He's really looking forward to the challenge. I'm looking forward to playing with him again. I've been with him for two years now and played test footy next to him and, and understand what makes him tick and, and he understands what makes me tick too. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to coming to the club together and um, having that relationship before we get there. Which one of you signed first? Like I imagine at some point, was there a conversation between the two of you when one signed and the, and the other one was in negotiations or what, what was the go? I was, yeah, I was sort of first come off the rank. I got done pretty quick. Um, I suppose I went back over to the UK and, and Tigers made it 
pretty well known that they were really keen. And I suppose that's what really made me want to sign for the club because the club really wanted me to go there. You know what I mean? I wasn't just sort of like, they weren't prodding and poking and prodding. They were they were coming hard and, and they wanted me to go to the club. So that made me feel really comfortable in signing with the club, regardless of the situation they were in. And then, um, yeah, I think it was like maybe a month or two, maybe two months after Gilly come to me and, and sort of told me that he was in discussions with, with, with the Tigers. And I sort of just told him what I thought of what was going to happen moving forward. And, um, I think he felt comfortable knowing I was going there, someone he knew and sort of really good relationship away from footy. And then obviously playing literally right next to him for two years, he, underst- he understands that I'll be able to help him in some capacity too. So, yeah, I was first, cab off the rank and, and then Gilly was second. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see how he goes. I think he deserves the opportunity and, and full credit to him for taking the leap of faith because, as you know, the, the English backs sort of have got this tag of not being as successful as the forwards have been. So, He's got the chance of breaking that mould and, and really making the NRL his own. Mate, Gildart, Peachy, Dewey, Madge, we've spoken about all these great names and I'm sure you're excited to work with. Uh, I know you're a rugby league nerd like me, so I know that the name Tim Sheens would mean a lot to you. Um, you must be excited to be able to work with a guy like him. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I got to work with him for the, for the uh, All-Stars over in, over in the UK, so the mid-year test against England. Um, everyone pretty much that wasn't from England uh, was eligible to make the All Stars team, and and Chancey picked me at half, uh, five eight, sorry, and and made me captain too. So I mean, that was another sort of um, light bulb moment for me to to realise how far I've come for someone of Chancey's ilk and someone that's done so much in the game to sort of recognise me and all my hard work to to name me captain on that side. And a lot of people might not really care about it, but it meant a lot to me. And he put a lot of um, faith in me to lead the sessions and and talking meetings and things like that. And all that was a one-off game. It made me feel really good about myself and my growth and development as a, as a player and a human. But just working with him for that week as, as the head coach, he loves footy more than anyone I've ever met. Um, I'd put him right up there with, with Wayne in terms of um, how he's with his players. He's so good to just have banter with. I thought he was going to slap me by the end of it, but his sense of humour for an old fella, mate, is, is second to none. Obviously, he would have been around some of the great characters in of the game for many years and um, he makes it enjoyable. Um, training training was with the ball in the hands a hell of a lot and a lot of plays and, <laughs> and things like that. He just, he couldn't stop talking about the game too. So really looking forward to linking back up with him and, and just having having fun with him. He's a good fellow mate and one of the best coaches to ever do it. I think if you look back at that 2005 Tigers side that won the comp, the way they played with, with Benji and Scotty Prince and, and all these boys, Paddy Richards, the way they played Toddy Payton through the middle, um, yeah, it was exciting. So looking forward to working with him again. I think when you look back at Tim Sheen's coaching career too, mate, I mean, you've obviously got that 05 premiership winning side. Like, they really changed the game. You look at the grand final before that, it was the Bulldogs and the Roosters, the two biggest forward packs imaginable. Tim Sheen's just flipped the narrative on its head. He did the same thing 15 yep. years earlier, but that Raiders side in 1990, you know, they just, it went, you know, you, you watch football in 88, 89, then you look at how the Raiders played after that. It, the game just completely changed the way that they moved the football. Rugby league, it's probably going through its biggest transition period of all time right now as far as rules and everything go. I can't wait to see a mind like Tim Sheen's and putting it into place at the Tigers. Um, it must be something that you are low-key pretty excited about. Mate, honestly, like when we went into camp for this All-Stars team, we had an A4 sheet of paper folded in half, so both sides were full of just plays for a one-off game. 
and he tried to make us. He tried to make us do, and uh, I won't give too much away. But his favourite play is called the can opener. So if we score a try during the year, I'll text you and, and, and tell you what it is. But <laughs> talk about and if any of the boys that played in that team listen, and maybe any of the Tigers boys in 05, the can opener is his dead set favourite play. It's hilarious, mate. Like we started bringing cans of soup and, and stuff into team <laughs> team meetings to take the. Piss. He, he just loved it, but. He's eye for the game and eye for talent, second to none. And obviously with scrum plays and things like that, I don't know. I don't really get what his job title is and, and it's none of my business really or if he's going to help Madge or if he's not. But I'm sure if anyone needs any advice on a scrum play, Shenzi is your boy. So we could come up with something creative maybe if he, if he has a bit of an input. Mate, it sort of comes across that same way to me that I'm not exactly sure what his title is there. But there is no team that is worse off for having Tim Sheens in the building. Like, There's no doubt about that. Uh, no way. Like, I mean, we've got two premiership coaches uh, in, in the same building. Um, and obviously, they brought in two good assistant coaches too that are highly rated, which which I'm really – I've worked with Ben Gardner before. I think I had him in New South Wales uh, 16th or 18th origin and real good fellow, real smart mind. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And obviously... um He's just a really good guy to, to have around the place as well, too. So, I mean, we've got really good people in, in the right departments. I think Brett Kamali's there as well, mm. off the top of my head. Um, somewhere doing doing a job in the pathways and things like that. And even the women's team that, who are there signed, obviously they've signed Mate, three have of the you best. seen those signings? Like, yeah, they, I they are unreal. That's like, a, that's like a rugby league, like a, a bloke that plays rugby league. Like, I was impressed and... I was stoked for the club in signing elite talent like that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the club is moving in the direction it wants to. I know there's a lot of stuff that gets said in the media and, you know, looking from the outside in and, and being around the block long enough, I reckon about 75% of that's bullshit, to be honest, and, and a media beat up. And, and let's be honest, like, you you don't really work in the media, but what you do is sort of off the side. and You understand that everything's about clicks, isn't it? Like, a lot of, a lot of things is about people reading and, and the Tigers are at the moment are that club that are easy to go at so I mean I think we've got a lot of good people in the right departments and, and in the building we've just got to put it all together from from staff to players and, and transfer that to weekends you know I know I can be honest with you cards on the table you mentioned that you know a lot of what the media does is for clicks uh, the Tigers are one of those clubs that the media loves to beat on let's be perfectly honest here before you left Jackson Hastings was one of the guys that the media loves to beat on realistically if, if anything does go wrong it's going to be a matter of time till it's you and Brooksy as the scapegoats have you got strategies to uh, to try and deal with that or you know what what will you, you put in place to be able to deal with that better than what you did five or six years ago yeah I, I just know what's coming like yeah. um, as I just said earlier um, obviously there's a few sides in the comp that It'll, it'll be a shot at me and, and things like that. It'll be an easy headline. If we get beat, it'll be an easier headline. And, and I know there'll be a lot of sort of antagonising and things like that, which is cool. Like, I'm comfortable with it. As I said, I wouldn't have come back if I wasn't ready for it mentally. Um, the game itself isn't the issue for me. It's the stuff that comes sort of away from it and, and how I deal with that. And, yeah, I'm definitely going to have things in place. I'm going to be surrounded by my family and, 
and people that care about me first and foremost, but just knowing that it's coming and being prepared for it and understanding that I've been here before and, and what not to do. I think that's my strategy. I know not what to do and I know what to say and I know like when to keep quiet and, and being brutally honest with myself and understanding that then the people's opinions that matters are the people that are in the Tigers sort of uh, four walls and, and your families, I guess. And, and so for me, I understand what's ahead of me. Um, as I just touched on teams, we play uh, performances, all this, I know it's coming and all I can do is put my best foot forward and play my best footy for the club and turn up every week with the right attitude and, and doing everything I can to be the best person and player I can be. And if the media want to have a crack at me for, for things I've done six years ago, which 75% wasn't even true. Um, that's up to them. So, I mean, I'm comfortable with my own skin. I'm comfortable with who I am becoming. I'm not satisfied with who I am fully yet, but who I'm becoming definitely. And um, yeah, I'm proud of the guy that hopefully I can become the next sort of four to five years. When you get chirped on the field from opposition, will uh, 2022 Jackson's Hastings chirp back or is he just focused on getting back to his business? I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sort of half expecting you to say just worrying about my footy, but uh, I think I know you well enough to know that you won't hide away from it. I mean, like, there's, I, I found out that there's different ways to go about it. I mean, like, the thing with, with talking for me was always because I was in a dominant team and I found that easy. And then as soon as you get sort of put on the back foot in a team that isn't going so well, the tide sort of turns and, and you understand it from a different perspective. So for me, like, once again, it's sort of like the same with the media. I, I'm kind of expecting that from from different individuals maybe I, I don't know who but like I'm sure there will be a few easy words said about me which is which is cool it's part of the game Bant is part of the game and uh, for me whatever has ever been said on the field towards me always stays on the field I'm not one of these people that take it away and, and bottle it up and hold it it's cool with me but no definitely staying away from that I'm just sort of concentrated on being the best player I can I mean, there's, there probably will be times in games where it's close and in the balance. <laughs> I might not be able to sort of help myself but have a little dig here and there, maybe after, maybe if we're winning or something like that. But uh, all in all, for the most part, I just want to be respectful to, to the opposition and, and play my role in helping us win and um, sort of do your talking on the field rather than with your mouth, if you know what I mean. So that's what I'm really looking forward to, just showing people that I'm different in that sense as well. Mate, I guess uh, the other thing I got a lot of questions about, which I'm, I'm sure you probably won't have an answer for me, but a lot of super coach players and fantasy players, very keen to know if you'll be goal kicking next year. Um, I was just thinking, obviously Dewey's going to miss the start of the season, so I'd imagine you probably would be the first choice until he's back. I'd probably lean towards you will be first choice over him anyway, but uh, I guess it depends if you're on the field for the full 80. Have you got any idea there? Adam, Adam Dewey's got the keys to the city, uh, the Tigers. So if, if Ads wants to kick goals, Ads will kick goals. I'll I'll happily put my hand up to kick, um, something I've always enjoyed. Um, for some reason, when I went to England, no one no one thought I was a goal kicker, which I found bizarre. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I've been messaging Daryl Harrigan a little bit. I'm going to start back up with him. Um, I've done a lot of hard work with him at the Roosters when I was kicking there and I kicked it a pretty high clip too. So it's something that I'm sort of comfortable with. Um, that's all part and parcel of living and dying with the result too. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on kickers these days. And you got some of the best kickers to ever kick. Like the way Nathan kicks a ball, Adam Reynolds kicks a ball, Jared Croker, these sort of guys kick at such a high clip that um, when you play against them, it could come down to that. So, I mean, there is that extra added responsibility and pressure. And if Adam wants to goal kick, then... He can he can goal kick. As I said, he's sort of got the keys to the city at the Tigers there at the moment. So 
Um, if I'm called upon, especially early on with Adam not being there, I'll definitely put my hand up to do it. And um, as I just said, I'm, I'm going to work hard with Daryl in the offseason regardless, just to just to stay ready if I am called upon. So walking into the new club, um, do you feel like, even if you don't, you know, you obviously won't have like a C next to your name or anything, but do you feel like being, that you are now a senior player that can show up on day one and talk at training and sort of be a leader around the West Tigers? Uh, I just got to get that balance right, I guess, between um, doing that talking and, and, and sort of earning their respect with my actions first and foremost. I mean, and sort of things like t- making sure that you, you're not there just on time, you're there early, you're doing all the things you need to do to get ready for a gym session or a field session. Um, you're going out of your way to get treatment. Um, you're on the field early. You're in the meeting room. You're talking in the meeting room. You're owning up to things you do wrong, little things like that. And then when we get to the field, if I'm in a key position, obviously you're going to have a loud voice anyway, but just the way you speak to people, what I have learned is um, you can get different reactions out of different people by the way you speak to them and not every one person's the same. And I think that's what makes the best leaders and best coaches. Like for me, I know, for example, I'll use Gilly who, who usually stands outside me. I know if there's a breakdown in play or there's a stoppage, I can walk up to him and give him a serve. Um, and I know that I'll get a good reaction out of him where I've learned that some players that you just, you got to talk to in a different tone and, and talk to in a different way. And, and I was always similar. Like, I mean, if I got sprayed hard as a kid, I would probably go the opposite way and, and either go into my shell or go, well, what the fuck am I doing? But I mean, I've just learned to know what makes people tick and then in certain situations be able to use that to, to help them and the team be better too. So yeah, looking forward to figuring people out and, and um, yeah, hopefully becoming a leader and, and being someone people can look to for, for sort of answers and, and ask questions. It's one thing that when I look at that current Tigers squad, I think that there are such a range of personalities that I think it's really good to hear you say that because I, I, you know, I think that 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 Rabbitohs team that he coached a few years ago, Madge, that was sort of a cookie cutter sort of side. That I think he could sort of be tough and rumble on all those guys. They'd all respond. I think you have got a different group at the Tigers, and I think realistically, I know it's only seven or eight years, but it's just a different time, and so much has changed, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely, and that's what I found. This is why I respect um, Trent Robinson so highly as well. I've never really spoke about it, but. The way he handles individuals, oh, I suppose Wayne Bennett too. Um, actually, the way they handle individuals is it's crazy how good it is. Like he makes he makes they both make everyone feel great about themselves in a different way. Like everyone needs different sort of love and attention and treatment, and, and those two are the best I've seen at it. Um, you know, Wayne, for example, on tour um, with me would invite me to his room for an hour and, and would, would talk about everything besides footy. And then he'd go, right, I mate, get out. And I'd just be like, how good is that? I just sat there and spoke to Wayne Bennett. Like for me, as a 24-year-old, it was at the time, as someone that's looked up to Wayne and, and watched him for year on year on year. What is he now, 100, 102 or something? <laughs> I watched him so many years. Like for him just to invite me to his room and just chat about life and, and want, want, wanted to know what my sister's what school was and what like their favorite color was and, and like just things like that that you wouldn't expect from from anyone let alone the greatest coach of all time so i mean for me i sort of took that away and was like right how can i help young kids and there was young kids at wigan where like, i had to figure out pretty quickly or oh, i can't rough him up at training or i can't spray him at training i've got to get him under the wing here and and let him know i'm here for him and, and then he'll react different and there's plenty of kids in that team if you ask at the start they're like oh, it was a bit much at the start 
but he came and spoke to me, got me under his wing. We had a few beers. I understood what he was actually doing. It turned out and they messaged me all the time and, and I get thanked all the time. So, I mean, that makes me feel really good about myself and, and how far I've come as an individual. And uh, last thing, what does it mean to be able to get back with your family? I know that when we spoke last time, you came out of quarantine and it was just a two-week marathon of every day. You were kicking the ball with your sister. You are at the beach or whatever. Dogs left, right and centre. Uh, it must be a super exciting time for you, mate. Yeah, and like, um, it's, been, it's been hard because I missed a lot of um, big birthdays. Like my, the older of the two sisters just turned 18 this year. So missing that's hard. Um, obviously, um, single mum, three kids, like being able to help her out with, with running the, the girls around or the dogs or my granddad who's been ill and things like that. Just being able to help my family out is probably something that I've always been proud of and, and prided myself upon like a lot of other people do. And, and just being able to be there for birthdays and, and just little things like that that you miss, I guess. I mean, I'm a grown adult now. It doesn't mean – birthdays to me don't mean as much anymore, but I know turning 18 and 21 and things like that mean a lot to – to the individual too. So just being around there to, to help them out, being back to my dogs and being back in the sun's another big thing too. But um, yeah, it'll be good to be home, just get back into the way of life that Australia is. It's completely different in England. England's a lot slower and probably more relaxed and the weather's definitely a lot more inconsistent. But being back here now, sun shining, uh, hopefully play some good footy, um, enjoy family time. And you're just seeing people that I haven't seen for four years, you know, like, when I come back, I don't really get to see everyone because I'm so in, indulged in being around my family and, and trying to make every post a winner there and, and getting around and see people that genuinely care about me and want to see how I'm going and things like that, that you sort of lose sight of people that you grew up with or people that are actually your friends. It's hard to sort of mingle and fit like those five weeks in with everyone. But now I'm sort of back. I, I had a phone call off a mate that I hadn't spoken to in literally five years and he was that happy for me to be back and and can't wait to have a beer and things like that. So I'm looking forward to little things like that. But I've made some of the best friends ever in my life in England. I honestly, obviously met Amelia over there, who without her going through a lot of hard times from the NRL to there, um, I would have struggled massive. Like she was my rock there with her family. They did everything for me. It was like my home away from home. So without her and, and her family, I would have been in a bit of Barney. But then like the friends I met through her, um, would be friends for life. I met a mate over there who's a lot older than me, but if I was married tomorrow, he'd be my best man at my wedding. So, I mean, things like that. Like I struggled making close friends in the past and, and being in a big group environment. Now I've got some of the best friends I've ever made too. So, yeah, um, I'm going to miss England for sure. I'm going to miss what it did for me and the people I met, but really looking forward to being close to my family and my dogs, the sun, good coffee, consistent coffee is a big thing. And just hopefully a good way of life, mate. Jago, I sort of expected this to go for 20 minutes or so. We've obviously uh, spoken underwater like we tend to do. Um, I believe you're going to come on over the next few days to name a dream team. Uh, I must, I imagine that must have, you would have had plenty of time on your hands, but it's a challenge, isn't it? Hey, I've, I've got it. I've got it here. I've changed it. Like, <laughs> I did. I remember when you asked me to do this, I was like, I'm not doing 13. I'm doing a 1 to 17. <laughs> and I, I let you, but I've changed a few around. I've even... I've got a coach, bro. So like, I'm I'm ready for I'm ready for it. I think like when I look at it, I'm actually looking at it now. When I look at it, it'd be hard to argue with a lot of lot of the positions. Obviously, the halves are always going to be one. I reckon where people go, well, you could have had him, you could have had him, and there's so many people that you could have picked there. But I think my back row might people might disagree with that maybe and and things like that too. So yeah, I'm looking forward to letting you know 
let you know what it is. My bench is good though. Geez, you'd like to bring this bench on. I'll tell you that much. No, you've told me your bench, and I'm a little bit upset that is your bench. Sometimes we, we, we've got a few bones to pick, I think. But uh, mate, we'll dive into that in the uh, next episode. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So we'll uh, we'll have you back over the next few days, mate. And uh, just want to wish you all the very best heading into this preseason. Uh, be your first hot preseason in a while. You must be uh, <laughs> you must be a bit nervous, just quietly. Nervous about the the sun hitting my skin because I go from pale to red in about three point two seconds. So I'm nervous about getting sunburnt. That's for sure. That's one thing that I haven't missed is consistently blocking up from the sun. But I'll tell you what, doing contact in the heat than doing contact in minus two definitely suits me a lot more. So yeah, once again, mate. Obviously, we're going to talk again soon. But appreciate you having me on. Um, you always give me your time. You're always really respectful to me. So. I uh, really appreciate talking to you and, and looking forward to um, letting you know my dream team, 1-17, to and head coach. Sunscreen and football sounds like a fantastic combo, mate. Well, uh, we'll have you on over the next few days, mate. All right, cheers. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 